This episode is brought to you by Netflix. Hold your carriage horses and tighten those corsets. Bridgerton is back. Longtime friends Colin Bridgerton and Penelope Featherington find themselves in quite the precarious situation. The wallflower is ready to bloom, but she needs Colin's help to find a marriage match. Has Penelope truly pushed aside her feelings for Colin? Will Colin realize his feelings before another suitor takes Penelope's hand? And will Penelope's secret identity as famed gossip writer Lady Whistledown destroy any chance she may have at love? This gentle reader can't wait to find out. Watch part one of Bridgerton now, only on Netflix. Hello and welcome to the Sunday special of the U Up podcast. I'm Jordana Abraham. And I am Jared Freed. Today we have an amazing guest, but first we have an important announcement for our Spotify listeners. The U Up with Benefits subscription is now available on Spotify. It comes with all the same great perks we previously discussed. For just $2.99 a month, you'll get two bonus episodes a month, early release of our normal episodes, plus ad-free listening. All you have to do is search You Up With Benefits on Spotify to find our subscription feed. Hit subscribe and you'll be able to get started listening immediately. That includes the first bonus episode featuring Jared's dating app story and a brand new one about my own breakup emails I received from an ex. Get and excited. If you're, <laughs> if you're listening on Apple and haven't signed up yet, hit subscribe in the Apple Podcast app. All right, Jordana, we have a very special guest today. We do. I am personally a huge fan. I've read both of her New York Times bestselling books. She is psychotherapist Lori Gottlieb. She's also the author of the Atlantic's Dear Therapist column, and she is the host of Dear Therapist podcast. Welcome, Lori. Oh, well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. We're very excited to have you on. Can you tell us a little bit about like the Dear Therapist podcast? I know that's launching, right? Yeah. So we season two is launching July 20th. And um, season one was great. We, what we do in the podcast, it's me and Guy Winch, who is a fellow TED Talker. And we kind of had the shotgun marriage where we met at a conference and I was asked to do this podcast where we do actual therapy sessions with people. And I said, why not bring in a second therapist? So you get two therapists for the price of one. And we do a session with people and then we give them concrete, actionable homework that they have one week to try out and they report back and they let us know how it went. So, you know, well, how did that session help them? And, and can you make change after just one therapy session? So we are so excited to launch season two and in season two, we're doing year long follow ups from our season one guests. So how does each episode work? Are you getting a beginning, middle and end every episode one person who's coming in or how does it go? How does the structure of it go? Yeah, it's, it's structured just like a therapy session. If someone walked into our offices and they come in and they wrote us a letter. So they wrote a letter to us. Um, I'm the advice columnist for the Atlantic guys, the advice columnist for Ted and, but you don't get to find out what happened afterwards in our advice columns. And you also don't get to hear what a therapy session would sound like. So we have a letter, but it's cold. We don't have any preparation. It's like, they just walked in and said, here's my problem. And then we do a session with them and you hear us take them from this very difficult moment that they're in to some kind of way out of it. Do you feel like there is kind of a different, do you guys ever have a difference opinion of opinion? Do you feel like it's different to have a male therapist and a female therapist? Cause I mean, we run the show and we, we like the, the idea of like the difference in the point of view is the male and, and female, even just as a host. So I can only imagine as a therapist. Yeah, absolutely. And also we're just, you know, different people and we practice differently too. So I think that, you know, sometimes we'll be in the middle of a session and he'll be sort of following one thread and he's going down this 
this path and I'm kind of like, oh, I want to bring it over here, right? But I always know that that what he's doing is for a reason that's going to pay off. And I think he trusts me with the same thing. And I think that that's what's great. I think everybody should have the privilege of having two therapists in the room because, you know, not that that's realistic, but I, but I think that what's great is that you get to hear two different therapists who have two different perspectives on the same problem that you're trying to solve. Do you bring couples in? We do. We bring couples in and not just romantic couples. We, we bring in romantic couples, but also we, we have in season two, we have an adult daughter and her mother um, who are having a lot of conflict. So mother daughter stuff. We bring in siblings who are having conflict with each other. Um, we bring in all kinds of couples. Well, this is a dating and relationship podcast. And, and when you have, you know, like couples that are, you know, husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, same sex, whatever, whatever partnership they're in, whatever romantic relationship they're in, what is kind of the biggest issue that they're going through that you notice? So whether we see them as a couple or somebody individually is doing a session with us, it's all about relationships so often. So it's um, somebody's going through a breakup, somebody is dealing with um, you know, dating somebody who has this or that or the other thing that's problematic. Um, somebody is dealing with an affair. We get a lot of those. Um, somebody has been the victim of an affair. Um, you know, conflict over, like we had a couple on and they couldn't decide where to live because mm. uh, they were having, you know, where are they actually going to settle down? And they had all these different things pulling them in these different cities and they wanted to be together, but they couldn't decide. So all kinds of couples issues come up. Has COVID sort of like, I would imagine like exacerbated those, like, where do we live? What are our major life decisions for couples? Yeah, absolutely. And questions about, um, you know, are we even right for each other? That comes up a lot that, you know, I think that people are seeing each other in a way where they're really thinking about what are we doing? What is the status of our relationship? Um, you know, what do we want for our futures? Are we aligned in our goals for, for what we want in our lives? All those kinds of things. Lots of reevaluating. I totally understand that as far as like reevaluating, looking at your life. This is like for a lot of people, COVID was a pause, you know, like to look at what's going on and where they're going and what the future could hold. What when you have people come in, like, is there a like, is there ever a time where you're like, you two shouldn't work on this? Like, you know, because it becomes this question of like, you know, we have to work on this to see, to, to make sure there should be a breakup. But sometimes it feels like you're working on it with no thought of any separation at all. Yeah. What I found is that the couples who were having certain issues before COVID, those were just amplified during COVID. It's not like they came up anew. It was that they were already there and they weren't necessarily paying attention to them. And then on the flip side of that, the couples who were really strong before COVID, that was amplified too. Their strengths worked for them and they got even closer and the relationships were you know, much stronger as they were coming out of COVID. So when people come in and they're having problems, I'm not there to say whether they should stay together or whether they should break up. I'm there to help them to see things more clearly so they can make a much more informed decision. And I, and I do that, you know, both on the, we do that on the podcast, but we also do that in our therapy offices. Um, the, the book that I wrote um, recently, Maybe You Should Talk to Someone, is about individuals coming into therapy, often with relationship issues, like the young woman who keeps hooking up with the wrong guys or the guy who's having trouble in his marriage. Um, but the book that I'm writing now is all about the couples that I see in therapy and the kinds of dilemmas and issues that are keeping them stuck and keeping them confused. And so often the, the thing that they think is the problem isn't actually the problem. 
So that, that I think is where therapy can really help people. Is this sort of like uh, almost like a sequel to the marry him book that you're writing? Almost like, well, what happens when you, because I feel like that was more about like finding and choosing a, a long-term partner. Is this more about like once you, once you've chosen them, then like working it out. Right. So marry him was about what are the, why are people having so much trouble finding the right partner? And why are we sort of spinning our wheels in this way? And a lot of it had to do with what we're told we should be looking for when we're dating and what actually matters for happy, lasting marriages. And, and I think that, you know, people don't really want to talk about those things in the same way. So it's, it's you know, the, the people will say things like, oh, I'm so in love with this guy and, you know, but I, I just never know when he's going to call or he said he was two hours late or, you know, whatever. And I'm like, what are you in love with? Like, is that what you want to live with for the rest of your life? Um, and so I think in, in Marry Him, it's it's really based on all of the research about longevity in relationships and what are the qualities that matter both in you and in your partner so that you can select somebody who's going to make for a good long-term relationship for you. And that doesn't mean you're not going to have chemistry with the person or you're not going to be in love with them. It means that you need all of those things. Maybe you should talk to someone was about what happens when people come to therapy and they try to deal with all of their relationships. And this new book is really, I think, a sequel to both of them in a way, although it's not a sequel um, in terms of the characters coming back, but it's really about bringing people into the therapy room so they can see how do you work with couples when they get stuck? What do you think are the things that matter most when choosing a long-term partner? Like you were talking about the things that don't matter. Yeah. I think that the things that matter are the character qualities and also do your goals and values align. And that sounds so unsexy, but it's so important. So the character qualities, like, is this person emotionally generous? Um, emotional stability, by the way, that's a big thing. People think, well, of course, I'm going to pick someone who's emotionally stable. And then they pick someone who's kind of like all over the place, or they have an addiction, or they haven't worked out stuff from childhood, and they're acting it out in the relationship with you. So someone who's really mature, emotionally mature, and emotionally stable, and, and you're not going to feel on edge all the time, you're not going to wonder what they're thinking all the time, you're not going to wonder where you stand all the time. Um, do they want the same thing that you want at the very outset? Are you looking for a committed long-term monogamous relationship or are you looking for something different? Are they looking for something different? Um, you know, do you both want kids? Do you not want kids? Those kinds of things. Um, what kind of, what kind of lifestyle do you want? So people don't are, are afraid to talk about money, but that's a really big thing that comes up like, oh, you want to do this and I want this in my life. And this is how I'm going to handle my work. And this is how oh, you want to handle it this way, right? And, and so mm -hmm. what does that mean for us as a couple? So I, I see a lot of couples before they're even like premaritally, like they're engaged, but they want to come in and they want to talk about sex and they want to talk about money and they want to talk about in-laws and they want to talk about all of these things that people need to talk about. If you're like me and shudder at the thought of low-rise jeans and pluck thin eyebrows making a comeback, you're a millennial. And if you're a millennial, it's time to add Clarence multi-active cream to your daily routine. I have to tell you, I'm a huge Clarence fan. I've been using them for years. I love, love, love them. They are such high quality. They're like a legacy brand. My skin always looks better whenever I'm using Clarence products. And it's no different with the Clarence multi-active cream. You've been adulting for a while, so the daily stress of just trying to keep your life together can cause stress aging. Yes, that's a thing. The good news, Europe's number one skincare line has a solution you can trust. Rooted in nature and innovated with science, Clarence has a long legacy of creating industry-first, 
plant-forward products. Using a skin charger complex made of 2% niacinamide and C. holly bio-extract, Clarins Multi-Active Cream has been clinically proven to target the first visible signs of aging by smoothing lines and wrinkles, refining pores, evening tone and texture, and strengthening the skin's moisture barrier. While Multi-Active Cream can't bring back the golden age of boy bands, it can de-stress your skin. Go to Clarins.com slash UUP and get Multi-Active Day and Night Cream for 10% off, a free welcome gift, plus free shipping on your first order. That's C-L-A-R-I-N-S dot com slash UUP with promo code UUP, Clarins.com slash UUP with promo code UUP. You guys know I'm a huge fan of Skims, and with warmer weather coming up, I recently tried out one of their t-shirts. Skims makes the best basics and foundations, so it's no surprise that it's the best-fitting tee I've ever worn. Finding the perfect t-shirt can be such a challenge, whether it's the fit or the quality, but with Skims, they make the most flattering shirts for everyone. Honestly, I love pretty much everything Skims makes, but I really love their t-shirts. They're like form-fitting, and they make my body just look that much smoother. I have the soft, smoothing, seamless t-shirt in Onyx. It has amazing versatility. It is literally a must-have for a spring wardrobe. They're stretchy, they're flattering. You can dress it up or dress it down and you don't have to worry about compromising style or comfort. I also have the cotton jersey t-shirt in marble and it's really just changed the game for me. It's taking the regular t-shirt, it's leveling it up. There's no stretched collars or hems and it literally fits like a dream. Skims t-shirts are made with innovative technology while always keeping style and comfort in mind. From crop silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, Skims has something for every fit and everybody. Shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com now available in sizes extra extra small to 4x if you haven't yet be sure to let them know i sent you after you place your order select podcast in the survey and select you up in the drop down menu that follows nothing gives me naked confidence like really nailing a tough workout there's a real sense of power that comes from pushing your body to its limits and conquering it like a champ but a very close second lumi whole body deodorant It's the game-changing whole body deodorant for those who love feeling confident from head to toe. And you up listeners can now receive a special offer. New customers get 15% off all Lumi products with our exclusive code and link. Use code UUP at LumiDeodorant.com. L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com. Making sure that I smell good is like one of my top things to feel confident. If I'm scared that I might be like having an odor, that is going to totally throw off my confidence. So I love Lumi so I can feel confident that I'm smelling fresh every day. Lumi is seriously safe to use anywhere on your body. Yes, anywhere. It's baking soda-free, paraben-free, and pH-balanced for safe use below the belt. Lumi is formulated and powered by mandelic acid to stop odor before it starts. More like a pre-odorant. It's clinically proven to block odor all day and control odor for up to 72 hours. Choose from a variety of bright scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, or toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like mini body wash and deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for our listeners, new customers get 15% off all Lumi products with our exclusive code. And if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that equals over 40% off their starter pack. Use code UUP for 15% off your first purchase at lumideodorant.com. That's code UUP at L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com. We have an email in front of us. Do we want to get to the email, Jordana? That yeah, I think that it? your your advice for this one would be great. All right. Yeah. So I'll read the email. Um, hey, Jared and Jordana, I'm a big fan of the podcast. I've actually been listening since your first episode, and you made my pre-COVID commute so much more enjoyable. I'm turning to you guys for some wisdom as I'm having some issues with my boyfriend. Just for some color, I'm 25 and my boyfriend is 26. We've been together for a year and a half now. We are American, but actually met when we were both living in Australia and dated there for about a year before we happened to be moving back to New York City at the same time, not planned together. 
This past couple of months, I've been feeling anxious about the future with him. It probably stemmed from a drunken conversation we had one night a couple months back where we were kind of wistfully planning our future life together. In the morning, I woke up and felt panicked about it. I know we are on the younger side, especially for New York, and we are talking about things further down the line, like getting married five years from now. However, his desire to plan and talk about a future together, even if it's distant, just makes me feel anxious and like I'm too young to be doing that. Weirdly, it feels like everyone around us seems to be planning for that. In general, he claims to be more serious about the relationship, and that is probably fair to say. However, it feels very serious for me as I've, quote unquote, dated a lot, but he's the first guy I've really been been with seriously and loved. He's the nicest guy and so good to me. This podcast actually makes me appreciate him even more listening to all the stories people write in about the assholes who they are dating. I'm so afraid of losing him because I do genuinely love him and really could see him as the one. I just can't shake this feeling that I have to date more when I'm young to be sure. I don't have doubts about the relationship with him, but I do have a little voice in the back of my head wondering if there was someone better for me out there. My biggest fear is waking up miserable one day when I'm 40 and wishing I explored more, but I'm also afraid I'll never find anything better than this relationship because I know it's special. I know the normal response would be to say that he's just not the one if I feel this way, but I genuinely believe I would feel this way even if I was with my soulmate and I'm worried I'm always going to have this excuse in future relationships. Do you guys have any tips for how... to not always feel like the grass could be greener on the other side. Also, do I have to let him go now because it's not fair to him? How do I tell him that I'm just not ready to have these conversations about the future yet? And she says additional advice to explore here. Should I take the risk of leaving this relationship behind and keep looking? Am I just endlessly searching for a relationship that is just a fantasy? How can I know if it's time to commit to the partner I'm with or to look for someone new? And am I doomed to search forever because I'll never be certain? Any and all advice, welcome. So that is what the whole book of Marry Him is about. And there's a part of Marry Him where I talk about the difference between satisficers and maximizers and how when you treat dating like shopping, it is, it is not going to end well. And there, the example with satisficers and maximizers is that there are people who are, um, let's say you want a new sweater, right? So you go into the store, you find one, it fits, it's the right color, you like it, it makes you happy, you buy it, you leave, and great. That's, that's a satisficer. A maximizer is someone who goes, sees the same sweater, they like it, they put it on, it looks good, they get compliments on it, but then they're walking down the street and they're, they see in a store window another sweater. And they're like, what about that one? Maybe that one would have been better. Right. And so they're never satisfied because there's always like, like, I have to get the absolute best or the person who's like trying to buy something online. And they're like, oh, this fits all the requirements that I want. I really like it. I'm going to buy it versus let me just look at 10 other websites to see if I can get a better price or a better this or a better that. Right. And so they're never happy with what they have. So I don't know if that is this person. Um, but I do think that when she says, I think I would feel this way with anyone, like even if it was my soulmate, I think that she knows inside that there's, this is more about her than it is about this guy. And she really needs to understand why is, why is this so scary to her? Why is commitment so scary to her? Um, the people who are satisfied, who are satisficers tend to be very happy in commitment. The maximizers think that what they're doing is they're maximizing their chances of finding something better, but actually they're just afraid of committing to something. And that's something that I would want her to look at. I could totally agree with that. So it's basically about analyzing this situation, like 
to looking at the persons because she's saying the person in himself seems great. She has nothing to say wrong about the person. How do you like then sort of fight that internal battle with yourself saying like, am I settling or am I just like, did I find something good early? Right. Well, it's interesting because she said that she truly loves him. And so mm -hmm. you truly love him. I'm not sure what's missing there for her. I think that she seems to be having a lot of anxiety around this conversation of a future together. So she's happy with him. But once they start talking about the future, she gets very anxious. And that's the signal to me that there's something going on with her around this bigger question of commitment um, and, and the anxiety and the fear that that brings up. I don't think she wants, she talked about being 40, right? And, and her fear about that. And I don't think she wants to fast forward 15 years and say, I kept dating people and I kept being afraid to commit to them. And now I'm at this age where I'm still afraid to commit, but I'm lonely. Um, I, I just don't see that that's what the future, it doesn't sound like from her letter that that is the future that she's wanting. So you should not pick someone because you're afraid that you're going to be alone in the future. That's a terrible reason. But if you think that this is a pattern and you're just going to keep doing this and you might be giving up someone that you truly love, then I think she needs to really go see a therapist and try to understand this better. And she should do this now. Even when they when this thing about, oh, maybe we'll get married in five years. Why? Why do they want to wait five years? You know, it's it's not like they're they're that young. You know, I can understand being 20 and saying, yeah, of course we have to wait, but they're they're adults. So I think that that she needs to understand something about what her anxiety is about before she makes a decision about whether this is the right guy for her. It may not be the right guy for her, but I think she needs to make a much more informed decision about that. And I think the way to do that is to talk to a therapist about what her anxiety is about. What do you what do you think about the, she has a very specific line in her email where it says this podcast actually makes me appreciate him even more listening to all the stories people write in about the assholes they're dating. Like the idea of like, I'm in this because the world, you know, I, I I'm hearing everything you're saying, but then there's this part of it where you're like, are you in this because the world seems scary? Like, you know, do you see a lot of that with people that are going through relationship things? They just don't want to be the, the alternative to single is, you know, the devil that they know versus the devil they don't, you know, that type of thing. So there are two sides to this. One is, yeah, you want to make sure that you aren't staying in a relationship just because you're afraid of being single, because that's a terrible reason to stay in a relationship. But I don't I don't hear that that's really what's going on. I hear that she has two sides of her, the side that really loves him and then the side that is afraid that, um, you know, the commitment is too fast for her, too much for her. So there are those two things going on. And, and I think that that's that's sort of where her where her struggle is at. I think this is something that like all people sort of have that like push and pull and, and tug of like do you know what I mean? Like I don't do you believe in like the one or like somewhat like one perfect perfect person for you? I don't know. But I also but I also think that when you're having so much ambivalence, there's this saying we marry our unfinished business, meaning we are attracted to people, if we don't work out this unfinished business, we are attracted to people who will replicate something from childhood that maybe wasn't the healthiest dynamic for us. So we, we think that we're looking for something different, right? So like if you grew up with someone, with a parent who maybe um, didn't pay a lot of attention to you, you will 
think that you're the person that you're dating is going to be someone who's going to pay a lot of attention to you. But then you find out as you start dating them, actually, they're emotionally withholding as well. Or you grew up with someone who had anger issues, and then you think you're dating someone who doesn't. And then lo and behold, they do, or they have an addiction like one of your parents did, right? So I think that sometimes people who are who haven't worked out their unfinished business are very afraid of the people who don't replicate those unhealthy dynamics. Like here is a great guy. And she starts to say, wow, this feels really foreign to me. Um, I don't, I'm not really used to being treated like this. And I'm not really sure that I love him or I'm not really sure that I'm into him in this way. She does say she loves him, but I think she wants to feel a different kind of feeling. And that like real intense chemistry feeling that people often feel if they haven't worked out that unfinished business is really that sense of home, that sense of the familiar, the sense of what they're used to. I'm really drawn to people. I get really excited about people who remind me of my childhood, even though I don't want someone who reminds me of my childhood. And so that's why I keep talking about therapy here, because I don't think she's going to untangle this unless she goes in and says, hey, I get really anxious around the idea of commitment with this guy. I'm not sure if he's the wrong guy or if this is something going on with me. Summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I'm wearing a Quince sweater literally right now. They make the best cashmere sweaters and they're so well-priced. It's like, honestly, my dream store. I also have an amazing down comforter from them. They cut out the middleman and they really just give you these really, really high quality items that last a long time and that they're at an amazing price point. Quince has amazing items like premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash UUP for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash UUP to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash UUP. You know that feeling when you're going on your first date with the person you've been seriously crushing on and realize you have absolutely nothing to wear? Maybe you find yourself wishing you had the perfect pair of jeans, the one you can fancy up, fancy down, and just look better every time you wear them. Well, that's why you need to check out Lee Denim. I love Lee Denim. I'm wearing them today in the office. I'm wearing their jeans. I love, they also have this other pair that I have at home that I'm really excited to wear. It's like a little baggier, but it's still so comfortable and yet it's still so flattering. I don't know how they do it. Every time you wash it, they also look even better. And I love that they flatter every body type. Denim trends come and go, but Lee is legendary for creating denim cuts that fit your body. Their denim gets better with age and their classics fit into every look. Lee's denim jacket is the one to reach for without fail. A classic. The Ryder jean jacket is the OG, what every other brand has copied for decades. Everyone is an icon in their own right and Lee makes denim so people can own their style and feel good in their clothes. Their spring collection is here, so get the freshest looks and cuts before anyone else. You can find your Lee fits by visiting lee.com. That's lee.com to shop spring looks now. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. 
Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There's no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. So it's no big deal if you lose a button, spill something, or you just need to take a break. They have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. Get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. And you always have the option to buy what you love, for sometimes up to 75% off. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code UUP20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com, that's Newly with two U's, and enter the code UUP20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, Newly with two U's, with code UUP20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. I feel like what you're also describing seems to be like that anxious avoidant trap Yep. that people seem to continuously get themselves into until they kind of like can figure out how to date someone secure or become more secure themselves. Like, what do you think about the idea? I mean, you were talking about this in the beginning of like you, people can tend to date people who haven't, you know, haven't resolved any of their own issues or they're, they're working through their stuff. Do you feel like you can meet someone and work through your issues while dating them? Or is that something that needs to be done entirely before you can actually enter the dating world or like be a good partner for someone? I think it's actually great if you're working through your issues while you're in a relationship with somebody, because then you're actually getting practice. It's like the difference between being an athlete and you're just like shooting against a backboard versus being in a basketball game. There's a huge difference. So you can try to work it out and just keep doing those drills, right? But if you're not actually on the court doing doing the actual game, you're not actually in the game, um, then you're not really seeing what it's like. You're not trying it out. So I think that you can work out your stuff and be in the game at the same time. But the caveat is you have to be doing that with somebody who's in the game too. So they have to be working out their stuff as well. And so if the other person isn't willing to kind of be in the game with you, then it's not going to, it's not going to be that helpful. I mean, you say like, they're not willing to be in the game with you. Do you mean like they feel like they already have all their own issues resolved or? No, I mean like they have to know, Hey, you're working on these things and I'm working on these things. And we're both working on whatever we're working on. I think that even people who are, you talked about attachment earlier, about the anxious avoidant, um, even people who are securely attached, you know, they always have things that that come up in relationship that you don't expect. Relationships, you know, they bring up all these things in us that we weren't aware of before because we weren't, you know, in, involved with another person. We could kind of ignore the parts that we didn't want to have to pay attention to. And then someone who's observing you all the time is like, oh, wow, look what happens. So I, I think that people are always kind of, you know, discovering things about themselves and you want to be with someone who has that curiosity and is willing to look at themselves. And then you have to be willing to look at yourself, too. I think that's great advice. I, I do, too. But I, 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 I'm looking at this email like I'm trying to think of like this is written in by a woman. Like I'm trying to think of like the male version of this email where they're like, I love this person. And, and it's interesting to me that none of her email talks anything about like her career or what's going on with like you know her future is all about I'm 40 wishing I had explored more dating you know I I, I don't know if the male version of this email would be like that like I think the male version would be I'm 40 I 
I'm not where I'm at in my career. I don't feel like uh, I, I accomplished enough, and I need to get that done first before I commit to this person who's great, but maybe I'll find someone great in the future. How do you speak to that person who would, who would have that kind of issue? Because I'm, I'm trying to relate to this email, but I just I, – I don't really – I've been 25 and been with a great person and been like, well, but I'm 25. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to put my life on to someone else. That's kind of what my thinking was even at that time. I think there's something in our culture that tells people in their 20s that somehow they're too young for the trappings of adulthood, meaning, um, you know, sometimes the trappings of adulthood are your career and sometimes they are being in relationship with someone and sometimes they're having children. Um, but I think that we're told, oh, your, your 20s are this time to kind of, you know, explore and do all these things and have your freedom. And what happens to people is that then they get into their 30s and they don't have the practice. They don't have they haven't put down sort of the infrastructure to create what they want. They think, OK, and now I'm 30 and now I'm ready, except that you haven't done the things you need to do in your 20s to be ready. So they haven't really been in a committed relationship. They've just dated around a lot or they haven't really thought about what kind of future they want. So they aren't sort of financially ready for the kind of future that they want because they're jumping from job to job to job. Um, and so I think that that there's this great TED talk um, about your 20s. And I think like everybody in their 20s should watch it. And it, it has to do with the idea that your 20s are a time when you have to be really intentional about setting up the infrastructure for what you want to happen later, or you're going to be you're, you're not going to be ready when when you feel like you're ready, that things are not going to be in place. And I should say about the difference between men and women that, and this is a sort of a gross generalization, but I would say that a lot of men come in and they won't talk about it outside the therapy room, but they come in and they're 35 and they say, I am so lonely and I wish that I had dated differently for the last 10 years. Good to know that they're saying that somewhere. <laughs> they, they're saying it all the time. And they're saying, like, I really I really want to figure this out. I can't understand. I thought I would be married by now. A very haunting episode of the U Up podcast today. <laughs> this isn't personally targeted at anyone. <laughs> but I want to I want to just I'm not saying that that people should be afraid and like and like pick someone because they're afraid of their age. That's the, the opposite. Like that's the recipe for disaster. What I'm saying is to really get to know yourself and really get to understand what is going on for you in relationship so that when you do meet the right person, and that's the important part, when you do meet that person, you are ready for that person. So it doesn't mean pick someone out of fear. It means get yourself ready, understand yourself so that you are ready for that person when that person shows up in your life. Right. No matter yeah. what you're saying, no matter what age you are, like right. in her, this woman's case, she's 25, but like that does it like but you're not too early to if you found the right person and you're able to recognize that and you've done the work that's right but i think for her that she has a lot to work out before she knows whether or not she can or should commit to anybody she's not ready for that not necessarily for this guy we don't know but she's not ready because there's something going on with her that she needs to figure out and now is a great time for her to figure that out regardless of what happens with this guy mm -hmm. totally as you said it's not about the relate it's about another thing in most cases it sometimes it's about the relationship i think in this case she's kind of saying i how do i trust myself to know whether this is the right person and why do i get really scared and, and we should listen to that by the way listen to that anxiety it's telling you something 
Um, you know, when people say, oh, I just I had this anxiety and then I ignored it and then I got married and I knew that it was wrong. Well, you should listen to your anxiety. So don't pretend it's not there. Say, what is this anxiety trying to tell me? It might have something to do with him, but it might not. And that's why I really feel like she needs to go to a therapist to understand why do I get that knot in my stomach and feel like I'm going to vomit every time he like <laughs> wants to have this conversation about our future together. And why do I then avoid him for the next two days? You know, or whatever happens for her. It's like that Sex in the City episode where Carrie breaks out into a rash when she's trying on wedding dresses. Right, That's right. It. You know, listen to that. It's telling you something. You just have to understand what is it trying to tell you. Totally agree. Thank you so much for coming on. I think that you've helped this reader way but more than we could. And she should see a therapist, whether it's you or someone else. <laughs> Do you still see people in private practice? Or? I do. I have a very full practice, so I'm not seeing new people. But she should, she should, you know, find a therapist that that will help her to understand this question more. And when does your new book come out? Uh, I'm writing it right now, so it'll be a little while. Um, right now, we're just prepping for the podcast and um, and still um, doing a lot of stuff around my current book. Maybe you should talk to someone. Okay, guys. Well, you guys should read. Maybe you should talk to someone and marry him so that you are fully prepared for when the new book comes out because I read them both and they are excellent. I really, really enjoyed them. Great writing and very, very relatable for anyone single or dating in their 20s and 30s. Um, and check out um, the Atlantic's Dear Therapist column and check out season two of the Dear Therapist podcast, which is out July 20th. 20th. They can listen to season one if they haven't heard it yet. Season one is up. And that season one is up anywhere you listen to podcasts, I assume. Yes. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, there's tons about dating and relationships and, and breakups and all kinds of things. You guys will love that. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks so much. We'll be back on Wednesday. Bye. You Up is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales Pico. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Maddie Paul. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow at UUPPod on Instagram and Twitter. And send us your emails to UUP at Betches.com. Thank you to our sponsor, Netflix. Bridgerton is back, bringing us another scandalous and sexy season. And dearest gentle readers, you will not want to miss this chapter. In season three, longtime friends Colin Bridgerton and Penelope Featherington find themselves in quite the precarious situation. The wallflower is ready to bloom, but she needs Colin's help to find a marriage match. Will these friends defy odds and expectations to find true love? And will Penelope's secret identity as famed gossip writer Lady Whistledown destroy any chance she may have at love? You shall have to watch and see. Watch part one of Bridgerton now, only on Netflix. Betches.